morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you, beautiful listeners of the Good Anime Palette Podcast. We are entering the new season. Welcome, everyone, to season four of the Good Anime Palette Podcast. If you are a regular listener here, welcome back. We've got a lot of new content for you. And if you are a brand new listener, hey, we're just a bunch of guys just talking about weep shit. So, without further ado, it's still Will, and it's still Jason. How's it going, my buddy to the right? Uh, this episode is episode number 37. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, it's just great. Uh, summer's right around the corner in terms of anime seasonals. It's not even right on the corner. It's, it's literally started, actually. Yeah, actually, we didn't know until we didn't, this cause, morning. Because for the most part, like most of the things that we were fully aware of, had announced their release dates for the first week of July, literally like July 2nd, I think. But then all of a sudden, uh, Ruby just decides, you know what, we're actually going to drop yesterday. So, uh, yeah, we're officially in the summer season now. Yeah, I I watched a bit of that, but uh, we will leave that for our summer seasonal premiere episode. So Coming up very soon, actually. So we're going to just jump straight into uh, today, where we're going to go... Maybe not so much over like the new read and watch stuff. I did watch some stuff, but I haven't really fully finished it yet, so I can't really make much of a judgment on it. But we did spend some time catching up on seasonals and actually collecting our thoughts on how they've performed over the course of the spring season. And on top of that, we did also watch uh, an original net animation exclusively on Netflix called Spriggan. So um, you want to just sort of, you know, give a quick rundown yep. on the general details of so, it? So Spriggan originally is a manga based off of, like, from the same name, um, drawn by, here we go again, Ruji Minagawa and Hiroshi Takashige. Nice. Who did the story. It is released as a six-episode ONA on June 18th. And each episode is double episode length, so like 50 minutes. So it comes up to essentially like one curse worth of anime. Right. Just spread over six episodes as opposed to 12. That's correct. Yeah. Now, Spriggan is not a brand new like IP. It's actually existed for quite a while. Before the original animation that dropped on Netflix, there were actually other adaptations that come out for it, I think, like... Like a decade, one, yeah, a decade or so, nineteen ninety five or something like that, yeah. And the scores for it weren't very promising. I think they were like in the high sixes, mid sixes. Uh, but you know, whenever it's one of those kind of like, oh, let's revamp and revitalize an old series and hopefully bring it back to its, uh, you know, where it really should be. Uh, sometimes you, you you drive a little bit of hype. I mean, you also had different production behind it, and yeah, oh, yeah, I forgot to say that. They, had, they, they announced it three years ago when uh, Netflix decided to announce that uh, they were doing a bunch of different anime collaborations with various studios. Yeah, so I actually remember that exact moment because I was watching their stream on YouTube because they were, it was during COVID time, so they are like, we're just going to do an online stream as opposed to like this, uh, I don't know, event in person. And I remember like hearing Spriga and I was just like, this trailer, like what the fuck is this? Like who, what? And I was like, okay, all right, David Productions, sure. And uh, well, now it's here. So... 7.12. During, during that 7.12. For the source. Okay. Uh, yep. I think the actual anime itself isn't too good. But just to sort of you know, travel back in time, during that announcement about the Netflix and Anime Studio collaboration, there were actually other properties that were announced in that update. So, uh, in no particular order, they had also announced Altered Carbon. Uh, I really didn't have much interest in it, so I didn't check it out. If anybody did watch it, let us know if it's any good. Uh, but I know it's not necessarily something that like 
At least within the anime zeitgeist, people care too much about it. On to the next one, Super Crooks. Now, that one was... Uh, who did that one again? Bones, right? Yes. Yeah, so I didn't watch any of it, and I know I should have, because Jason has some pretty uh, eh feelings about it. More on the uh, eh, don't even bother, as opposed to eh, it could be okay. Yeah, uh, eh, don't bother. So next was uh, the, the, the big boy, or mm-hmm. the, the big bust, which was uh, SAC 2045. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry I have to repeat those words. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, it hurts, PTSD right? PTSD is hitting, hurts. Me, hitting they, me hard right nails now. Nails on yeah. the chalkboard kind of pain, right? It's uh, Look, as an anime, it looks pretty cool. But as a standalone complex Ghost in a Shell addition to the whole catalog, uh, it, it really shouldn't have its place there. Uh, no idea why. Uh, and we still don't know why they decided to make it 3D. So um, leave it as is. Uh, the next thing they released was Vampire in the Garden, which... I also didn't watch, but Jason, you, you, did you finish it? Or no, no, you... no. So I watched three or five episodes. I do intend on finishing it, and I'll probably talk more about it next episode. So, uh, But right now, all I'll say is that it is decent. It's decent, but like so far, not that great of a track record from that announcement, right? Like no. three busts or at least like three like mehs and then one, okay, it could be okay. Right. So I did some like Googling in 1998. September 5th, Studio 4 Degrees did Spriggan, the movie, with a 6.67 on my anime list. And the source being a 7.12. So, uh, yeah, fast forward to 2022. Sorry, 7.13 now. Oh, wait. Hey, hey, hey. Whoever's listening right now, I'm pretty sure you're trying to manipulate the scores, huh? I see what you guys are doing. So, back onto the current episode of uh current rendition of spriggan um we watched a, an accumulated 41 minutes of spriggan i watched 19 minutes of the first episode and jason watched 22 minutes of the first episode and that should just go to show um i don't think this is worth your time it's very unfortunate it's it's it starts off as you would expect a david production series to, to to start off but unfortunately it just seems messy it doesn't really know what it wants to do like when you were watching it play by play you're like what is going on why is this music playing here this music it, okay so it goes to like beep up s jazz it goes to like heavy metal it goes to like edm it then goes to like jojo s kind of like hype music and after a while it doesn't really correlate well with what's happening on screen and i, I, I and for me it was like the characters were like just cardboard like nothing interesting that's it just you, just cut out and you then, especially yeah. did not like spriggan's voice i had no i thought it was not good at all i just thought the voice acting was just was terrible to mediocre well spriggan was um has that like what do you call it? shonen like main yeah. character vibe right yeah um but i don't know man I, I i don't think we need to say much more else unless you have other thoughts about it i'll just say this the beginning first major action scene set piece takes place on an oil rig with rain and there's like this elaborate fight scene in this hallway i thought it was choreographed pretty well it's set up pretty well in terms of like if you if you were to flesh out that concept then it could actually be a very interesting show the sound design is actually really good especially that give with that the rain that. i would give them that as well and uh the villain that is there in the oil rig had a very interesting power so we were thinking, okay, maybe this is kind of like JoJo-esque in a way. Yeah, okay, let's just... That's it, that. right? That's it. Okay. None uh, of that. 
Yeah. Yeah. So smash or pass with uh with 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 Spriggan. How about I smash it to pieces, then pass it to you, then you smash it to pieces, and then pass it into the trash. Yeah. It sucks because look, I don't want to hate on Netflix because these are the same people that either heavily produced or licensed things like Violet Evergarden, things like Devilman Crybaby. So yeah, obviously those were like one of the first things that Netflix has commissioned, but I think Netflix has a lot of reach that automatically they can have Clamp do Brothers Grimm. Yeah. The problem with it, though, is that there, there seems to be like a lack of consistency. In fact, they're on like a very downward trajectory. Back in the days when you would have Violet Evergarden, that was just like, holy fuck, like Netflix is on some good shit. Then we got Super Crooks, and then we got Yasuke, and then now we have Spriggan. Like, I mean, is Way of the House Husband was okay. That yeah, oh, and the Kotaro yeah, was, Kotaro also was, was pretty good, but it just doesn't have that. It, it same... doesn't. Have, it doesn't have a heavy hitter. Exactly. Right? Like when you say uh, Netflix exclusive now, I just think, oh, so it's like a Crunchyroll exclusive. Now. Dude, I mean, like for example, like Summertime Rendering is on Disney Plus, and Summertime Rendering is really damn good, which we'll get into right now. But Netflix at the moment, I think it's kind of still finding its identity, not just within like the anime world, but also in general, because. Now everybody just knows it as the place to watch K dramas and trashy TV, right? Like you have like Love Island, you have um, Terrace House, you have Selling Sunset and Bling Empire, but it's all like, is is that really worth people like subscribing to Netflix for? And I do think they make some interesting stuff back in the day, like with also No Game No Life Zero, so on and so forth. And now they have a it, bunch of really good documentaries. And too. they did Comey, and nowadays I think they are much better at licensing as in like simulcasting stuff exactly rather than actually yo these are our exclusive original works so then they still tag on the netflix exclusive because that that term doesn't mean anything anymore yeah but uh they have those catalogs because comey is not going to show up like on other platforms at least for a time being for sure yeah what i know is that you know they always try to find that heavy hitter for every genre every form of medium they have right like with k-dramas and like just korean shows they had that uh, Squid Game. Uh, in, in terms of like trash TV, they have Bling Empire and Selling Sunset. In terms of like the like Western media, they have now it just finished um, Ozark and also running uh, Stranger Things. Yeah, my dad watched it for like a couple episodes. It was like, uh, no. Nah. Anime though, there it hasn't had that heavy hitter in a long time. Okay, what else is coming away? They have the unexpected or whatever it's called. Exception, right? Exception, right? Sorry, that was unexpected. That was an exception. Exception. Uh, we have which could easily be really good or wow. We awful. have Brothers Grimm, you know. So it is not doom and gloom, but it is definitely we're both way less enthusiastic about the quote unquote Netflix anime brand in general. Yeah. Oh, but well. they did Stone Ocean in terms of licensing, at least, right? So, yeah, they're eh. just taking a very long time in terms of releasing the next part. I'm well. If, just just read the manga, guys. If the Spriggan ONA on Netflix with a uh, current mouse score of six point eight five will not convince you to drop it or not even consider watching the show, Will and I don't think you should watch the show. All right. Yeah. So we're gonna move on from uh, the the Spriggan debacle and now go into uh, the other stuff we've been watching, which is essentially uh, catching up and uh, giving our more comprehensive opinion of how the spring 2022 seasonals have been performing. So we have, we'll try to minimize spoilers. In fact, almost no spoilers. Yeah, but it, it'll be easy not to say spoilers, but we will like 
hype the shit out of some of them and also be eh, a little bit disappointed about some of them. So one thing that uh, I think Will and I knew, which is that a lot of people tend to not give their scores or opinions on my anime list until they finished all of the shows or until they drop it. Like, that's a common practice that even I do, except I don't rate things that I drop. Yeah, imagine, like, you just watch the first episode of something and immediately, like, oh, this is a two. I'm not watching it anymore. It's like, if you don't like it, then just drop it. Like, it's, it's kind of hard to formulate an opinion after one episode, like, definitively. If you just don't like something, then just drop it. And now at the same time, it's also you see something really, really good. It's like, oh, I watched the first episode of Spy X Family. That's really fucking good. I'm going to give it a 10 immediately. It's like, hold on, right? Like, now you're kind of jumping the gun. Because, yeah, it's good, but is it really that good based on 24 minutes? You know, it's kind of hard to make that opinion, make that judgment. And that is why, in a very meta, you know, GAP podcast way, we do our seasonal bets ending when we do our seasonal premieres for the next season because that gives several weeks for people to finish those shows also for us to have a better opinion of the upcoming shows. So as per usual, the amount of scores that are now given to certain shows that have officially ended has dramatically either increased or decreased or stayed the same. Obviously, those are the only three. But for example, I've been a big proponent of Healer Girl. And I think it debuted at like a 6.7. It wasn't, it wasn't amazing. It, okay, it wasn't great, right? A, a, a 6 was... On the cusp of, it really isn't worth your time unless you really want to enjoy it. But like, there are going to be people that will be like, you know what? No, no I'm going to stick with it. And you are one of them. Yeah. And uh, I also have uh, in front of me the scores currently on Mal when we did our spring seasonal premiere. So, for example, Healer Girl have a 6.87 and now has a 7.4. Do you think that score jump like, is warranted, though? Because you've been, you've been yeah. pretty current with it. I think uh, all my qualms about Healer Girl has decreased and the amount of singing has only increased to the point where the finale episode, almost half the episode is dedicated to just music singing. They also lean more heavily into, I don't know what you call it, like the lore in terms of how healing is in the medical space, how you would do things, how even different countries view healers. So it sucks that that only gets introduced in like the last two episodes, but... Um, it is definitely way better than I thought. So I gave it an eight. Yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like, like you said, like it really is worth just finishing something off and waiting for like everything to be consumed before you make an informed decision. Cause if you had just like stopped halfway, you would think Healer Girl is incredibly mediocre. But then when you finish it, it'd be easier for you to decide, actually, you know what? It's better than mediocre or no, it's actually the same. It's still pretty mediocre. To yeah, me. I think so. So Will, you also watched a bunch. So we're just going to go through in no particular order, a bunch of seasonals that we've either finished or are, are like penultimate episode. So, yeah, I'm not going to change that much. There is one uh, that's uh, it's not on the docket, but I think there's a reason for it. So I'm not going to talk about it just yet. Um, we'll go. We'll go into Spy X Family, right? Like yep. Spy X, no surprise. It's really damn good. But recently, the score has been dropping a little bit, and I think it's just because more and more people are starting to watch it now. People are giving more of their opinions. And it's getting close to the finale, so it's. We, I also I, I would expect the, the score to jump more after tonight. Or I think it will change. Releases, yeah. yeah, I do think it will change because at the moment it's a flat nine. Yes, but there was a period when it was scaling the charts. Like, like it was a, like in top five territory, like nine point two or something. So, yeah, it goes both ways in terms of the score changes over time. Yeah, 
But I mean, as of recording, the last episode of part one has not released yet. So um, it, it's it's really damn good. It's really good. I'll quickly talk about uh, Comey Can't Communicate season two. Uh, I gave it a nine out of ten. I finished all of it. It is exactly what you would expect out of season one. The overall production quality is really good. The fluffy wholesomeness is the same. And that is, I think, a very, very good thing in terms of an adaptation of Comey Can't Communicate, which people have been clamoring for ages. This is almost as good as it's going to get. Hopefully there'll be a season two, season two or three. It depends on how you interpret the double curve. Yeah. So season one uh, ended with, well, at least as of now, is an eight point zero three, and then with season two, uh, it's it's all done now, right? All twelve episodes are out. Uh, I think the one, I think they're like one episode away, or they're they're at least they're done in um, Japan or something. I forgot the staggering release schedule. But it's safe to say that like in the coming weeks, we could expect a fluctuation in terms of the Comey score, right? As of now, season two is sitting at an eight point two two. Yes. And. Fair result, fair, fair, fair assessment of. Yeah, I gave it a nine. So, or I will give it a nine. There's almost no way it will be anything more or anything less. Cool. Okay. Uh, have you been watching your summertime render? So, with summertime render, I think that one is a bit of a anomaly, mainly because I think it would be a very good show. And judging from what you have watched, Will, which is way further ahead than I, it is amazing. The only thing is that I wanted, uh to have a huge backlog so I can binge it. That That's exactly what I was going to say next, yeah, right? So yeah. you and I both watched up to episode two. I, I think, think so, we, yeah. I think we had just gone to episode two, and we, that, that was when we started formulating, it's like, oh, this could be good, but if it doesn't stick the landing, then it could be incredibly disappointing. But at the same time, like, with those kind of like mystery, thriller, supernatural shows, it's really, really tough watching them episodically. You want to wait until there's enough for you to just blast in one go like back in the day when lost was airing and back when lost was really good our argument aren't you know whatever you think people had to wait every week for the release and i it was just torture so at this point it was better to just put on hold indefinitely until a bunch has been a bunch of episodes of summertime render has been released so then i can binge it all in one go and it just seems like uh, all the quality has been maintained, so it's good. Yeah. It's like why I'm glad that I ended up like, waiting this long to watch Haikyuu, because damn, if I had to watch season three week to week, I would be fucking mad. So I'm glad I managed to binge all of that in the space of like three to five hours. Yeah, like, I don't think I could do that with Monogatari week by week, right? Or like weird release schedules. So I'm just waiting on summertime render and then binging it all in one go. Yeah. As of now, I'm at the current episode. It's good. It's really good. I I think it is veering towards the direction where it actually can stick the landing. Yes, there are some weird, quirky things in there that they kind of just skip and not really explain, but I'm fine with that because the focus is still very much on the supernatural mystery of the show. So, hey, look, Summertime Rendering, if you're not on it yet, it's on Disney+. Plus. Go check that shit out. Well, talk to me about dancing. <sighs> okay, this... I, I mentioned this in our previous episode, the season, uh, the the JP finale of season three, where my biggest surprise of the previous season was I would end up liking and watching Dance Dance Dancer, done by Mappa. It's um, it's 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 refreshing. Make it's, her. It's very very. It's very different from 
everything that we've watched this season simply because it tackles some very serious and deep topics, but in a very beautiful and colorful palette. I I, I very much enjoyed watching it because the music is great. The choreography of the dancing is wonderful. Like, look, I never gave a shit about ballet, right? But a lot of the things they talked about within Dance Dance Dancer are very real, like real world struggles. And it kind of hit close to home because my sister, when she was growing up, she was a ballet dancer. And all the things that they talked about in Dance Dance Dancer, I actually was like, you know what? No, my sister's gone through the same stuff, the same trials and tribulations, the same struggles of trying to be a ballet dancer. But when you watch the journey of DDD, it's it, it's phenomenal. I, I, I'm very happy that I watched it. I would recommend anybody watch it. So good for ballet, not so good for water polo. Am it's, I correct? Uh, so that's the other thing. Right? Remain like, is the other one. Mappa that is on this really weird train of, hey, you know what? Like, if you want to watch the main shit, like your Jujutsu Kaisens and your Chainsaw Mans, it's going to be fucking fantastic. But we're also going to be using some stuff on the side, like water polo sports, like ballet sports shit. It's like, yeah. If anybody was burned by Remain, uh, don't worry. Dance Dance Dancer will definitely get you back. Mappa is still doing some good shit. I hope they get enough sleep, but definitely watch Dance Dance Dancer. You gave it a nine. I gave it a nine. Right. And it's 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 very close to being an eight right now. I think it's a seven point nine five, which is still like really, really damn good. So I think you should watch uh Welcome to the Ballroom. That's the other one, right? And I should watch Dance Dance Dancer because now it went from being like a show that I'm like, yeah, okay, to all of a sudden being like, actually maybe it should be on the top of the watching priority list in my mind. So I am very happy and excited that uh, there is a good sports anime that is not the normal, you know, like a ball sport anime. Like, I'll, I'll tell you as well, like, as the episodes go, the animation quality is, and art is, ooh, it is fucking phenomenal. Like, you, you would say it, it was, like, a, a good showcase of the best of MAPPA. Yeah, I, I mean, even with the first episode that I saw, it was pretty impressive. Oh, it, it gets good, son. It gets good. That's good. That's good. Right. So, um, does Aharon get good, though? Okay. All right, all right. Um, I finished Aharon is indecipherable. It is okay. Uh, it, it really sucks because it has that um, Comey can't communicate syndrome of, hey, the concept or the premise sounds exactly the same, except it is slightly different. And I think Aharon is ends up being an, a good show, but just a good show. I would I gave it an eight out of ten, but really I would give it a seven point five. Like if you're trying to be a bit more objective with it, right? Yeah, like I wouldn't say it is impressive. Aharon is impressive. I wouldn't say it's a waste of time either. But I would say it's, it's a good use of my time, but it's not an exceptional show. It's not like, cute and comfy, right? Yeah, but it's not like the upper echelons of cute and comfy yeah you know? oh man the day we have to do a, a cute and comfy tier list of all the anime we've watched that would uh how many how many hours would that be that'd be like six seven hours for you fret not i actually have a tier list already done well not already done but because yes. it's, it's never done because there's so much fucking anime yeah right? every time it would just add but i think a Haren is worth watching but you probably want to watch other fluffy stuff first. But this ain't the last one that you should watch. Yep. I got a similar sentiment for the next thing we're going to talk about, which is Ao Ashi, the soccer anime uh, for spring 2022. The main one. I think there might be another one. Uh, oh, no. Shoot. That, the, the, the remake, that one is coming in 
this coming incoming season. Yeah, you're not you're not thinking about yeah. love all play. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, no, we're not talking about that one. Uh, so Awashi is uh, very much focused on the, the more sort of real world aspects of uh, sports, uh, specifically the world of soccer. Uh, so it's very different from the more recent kind of sports series we've been seeing, where it's like blending of superpowers and just trying to be the very 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 best by beating your opponent and all that no it's it's a bit more sort of gritty in that it definitely tells you more about why it's so fucking hard to be a professional soccer player going through the rigors of youth training and uh it it's, it's definitely a biased opinion on my end because i grew up loving soccer i've been, I've been watching soccer for well over 20 years I've, watched, I've been watching soccer longer than i've been watching anime so when I was able to see something that was more on like the real aspects of sports, it was it was refreshing because it's like as much as you have people who like reading and hopefully soon to be watching Blue Log or people like watching Kuroko no Basket, it's also like you know it's a bit more on the shonen action side as opposed to the sports side. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I mean, like I've told Jason and Jason would agree too. I show twenty one is fantastic, but when it comes to like the ground fundamentals of American football. It's it's not really th- that much of the focus. It's more just taking like the the concept of football, but adding like superpowers into it to make it interesting. Yeah, I think you made a a comparison of slam dunk versus Kuroko no Basket for Ayo Ashi versus Blue Lock, and uh, I don't think that comparison is too far fetched. But you it, can like both. You yeah, can you easily can, both. You can easily like both, but I think it is very appropriate because. In Kuroko no Basket is basketball, just like Slam Dunk is about basketball. But one is basically as realistic as it can get, and the other one is, yo, let's. What if Dragon Ball and basketball had a had a had an anime baby, or an anime manga as well? Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. So, I think Blue Lock is really good, but I don't think it is technically on a technical level in terms of jargon and minutias is that good yeah it's not as like fundamental when it comes to like comparing it with awashi but how can you do uh was it striker hunger games essentially yeah and have it be something that is super technical well thought out really ingrained into how soccer works now that's not to say that awashi isn't for everyone i think like if you have an affinity to soccer you will enjoy a lot more because you'll get some of the cultural references but if you're not like that into soccer and you 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 don't really care too much about the players or like the tactics at least you can understand like the more slice of life elements of it where like people kind of struggle with mental stresses and physical incapabilities of being able to meet the rigors of like you training to become a professional soccer player so at the moment, I'm halfway through because it's a it's a double curve. I'm enjoying it so far. I'm really, really stoked to keep watching it, and hopefully, uh, come the end of this year, I should be I should be finished by then. Sorry, hopefully. I was staring at the sky because I'm trying to think of when was the last soccer anime that really made any impact. Captain Subasa. Yeah, but that that far back, huh? That's what I was thinking. Right? There really isn't any. I mean, shoot. Yeah. But it's like, that's why they're remaking it, because they want to try and reform that glory. Yeah. But, and no, and but, all of a sudden, within the same year, we have Ayoashi and Blue Lock. So it's like, soccer uh, yeah. had to fill. Yeah, I think, but in the end, though, like, fundamentally, when it comes to, like, sports, doesn't get bigger in Japan than volleyball and tennis. I, I think that's just it. Like, it's because, like, they're both really fucking good at those sports. So, and like, if we talk about tennis, 
Prince of Tennis, talk about volleyball, IQ. Like those are probably the most popular sports anime. And then Slam Dunk coming in, it's like it's just universally acclaimed. Will one of your other uh surprises is your boy Kong Ming, which uh I have only watched up till episode nine, eight or nine. Uh-oh. It's good. It's really it's, good. It's, it's really, really good. I mean, I, I told you like a month ago when I was uh, walking around with the balls here in Hong Kong that I was buying a new phone. And uh, in the corner where they had all the, the hi-fi and the sound systems uh, playing, one person decided, you know what, to really showcase these really brand spanking new Sony speakers, we're going to play the opening of Kong Ming on repeat for two hours. And so it was glorious. Did you give it a nine? I gave it a nine. Like, objectively... I think it is a nine because it's refreshing. It's a reverse isekai that brings in old school Chinese mythology into not even mythology, it's like real world shit, but moving it into contemporary like Japanese music landscape. And it's like you would never imagine those two to mesh well. Like you you put this on a plate and you send it to someone and say, We're gonna make this fucking anime. PA works did fucking amazing with this. Yeah, I, I I think it is very much an eight plus and probably a nine in my opinion as well. And I do think the premise is a breath of fresh air. Among, it's very aloof for sure. Yes, and uh, they do deliver on the music and the tactician aspect. I was surprised that they really leaned into that to the point where it ties in also with the Three Kingdoms stories. And I was just like, this is just like a lot of like threads and it's just crazy it's just good it's really good uh so yeah it's 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 a really fun time it's one of those things where it's it's not like oh just turn off your brain and watch it no it's actually more just you can have it playing in the background you can have it play in the foreground you could just like be as focused as you want you can just chill with it and not really focus much you will enjoy it in one capacity or another so uh we'll talk about kaguya-sama in news so we will then end on the last two things which is for me, the Demon Girl Next Door season two. Uh, I've you've, you've been very giddy about this all season. It is so good. Uh, they made a. I, I told Will this. They made a citrus joke, and then the and then they had a, a word pun inside of it. It's just like what? It's it's really well written. I'm surprised. And the last episode I think is next week, and uh, it's a really good show. I'll probably give it a nine. I mean, niche puns and references. I mean, also, it's hella gay. Yeah, I mean. It's like, I mean, no, like actually, like these two girls are clearly into each other, and it's awesome. It's not bait, right? No, it's, it's just, not. It's just, no. it's just straight up. This is as Yuri as can get. Well, without going into it, yeah, it's pretty close. They're more than just friends. Oh, uh, yeah, way more. This, okay, this ain't no bait, son. How is it so far though? Because is, is it finished or is it like no, no, still the, the the next? Oh, you mean the manga? It's still ongoing. Okay. So, so hopefully season three. Yeah, or I'll read the manga because it's just it's just good all around. I guess, I guess it gets to the point where it's like, look, if it, if there is no more anime for a specific series, like don't fret. Like this, hopefully, is like a good indication that if you enjoyed watching the anime, you're probably gonna enjoy reading the manga. So go read the manga, right? But it's not every day you get a uh, chica from Kaguya-sama voicing a. Uh, the main character, the demon girl. Yeah. And it's just funny because the she plays the same character and it's just really good. It's just really good. Probably give it a nine. Yeah, I know. So we're going to go on the inverse and talk Ooh. about something that's really not good, right? Like We, we have enough time to really lay into this. Well, uh, when we did our 
spring seasonal premiere, actually even before that when we had to settle for our seasonal bet, right? We said that to each other, Rising of the Shield Heroes Season 2 was it, a, almost a guaranteed 8, right? Yeah, because the first season was either cl- like... It was it was 8.03. Some, was, yeah, it was, something it was, like but that. But it, yeah. like, it was enough for us to think, like, you know what? Like, there was enough good hype that came from the first season that it should carry over into the second season. Yeah, and it's going to be massively popular. It got to the point where the studio's like, yeah, we're just going to greenlit two seasons back to back. I don't care. And I guess... They might regret that they decision. They might regret that decision because now... Um, Shield Hero sits at a seven, a six point six seven. Too fucking abysmal. Kunoichi Tsubaki is higher. RPG Fudo-san is higher. So many shows is higher. Over is, a Healer Girl overtook it like slowly and surely, and now it's not even overtaking. It is now like it stamped its foot on its throat and said, "Yeah, no, you are you're a peasant in the anime rankings." It, it is so sad to see, and honestly. We were just thinking maybe we were just haters. Maybe just people just really liked the revenge arc in uh in, in Shield Hero, and that's why it's like they're just hating on season two. But then we watched it, and I agree. It's like no, it's not like oh, bring back oh, all the uh all, all all the revenge bait shit. Like oh, bring back all the fucking like slave lolly shit. Like no, this is more just the fact that they skipped a fuck ton of shit that what was left to watch i mean just think about it build divide code white the second season of build divide which we have not mentioned up till now has the exact same score as one of the most popular um animes airing right now it's it, it's actually scary to think how that's going to affect season three because if this if, if the licensors have already gone and said you know what like go ahead you, you, they can cancel it, there. right? They, they, it'll be hard. It, it would look bad from the council. Yeah, I think, it would they, look I think bad. they have to follow through. This is like if if they do cancel it, that's like press conference. I'm gonna bow in front of a bunch of cameras. Bad, to be honest. I think in the end, though, right? Like just because it's not highly rated on Mal, it shouldn't really give studios that much of an indication of whether or not they should cancel it. Yeah, I mean, there's, it's, it's only when it gets to like you know Japan. the ratings, yeah, the, the money, the ratings in the end, like actual Japanese TV ratings, like how much money actually brings in. That's when they can be like, you know what? Like, it's actually not translating into light novel sales. We're going to just can it. I will just say that season three should be better than season two based off of the storyline content. But the problem is not only that the storyline of season two is not that great. It is that the stuff that people like about season one, namely the revenge, namely uh, Raftalia, are all just not there anymore. And then you have a bunch of exposition. You have the turtle arc, which is not really spoiling anything or implying anything. And it is just okay. Like, just okay. Right. Well, suffice to say, the spring season has been good. There actually has been a lot of really good stuff. Some stuff there is like, eh, it's okay. It's mediocre. And then, of course, there's some mediocre to, wow, this is just actually terrible. Don't watch it. But generally, pretty good. I would say that uh, I'm looking forward to summer. Kind of. I don't know. A little bit worried, but we'll we'll talk about that in our next episode. Well, not next episode. Next next episode. You're right. Yes. yes in a yes. month. In a month's time. So yeah. So we're gonna go into our news updates now. We do have a couple of them. Uh, not a couple. We actually have more than a couple. Um, but we're gonna try and blast through a few of these. Some of them are like, whoa, holy shit, where did this fucking come from? And then some are like, well, it's to be expected. Uh, we uh, as one of the seasonals for spring, uh, we didn't mention Kaguya-sama Ultra Romantic. Uh, because there's a there's a news update for that. Uh, they had just dropped their season finale for season three, 
one hour, by the way. And now there is a new anime adaptation or like a new uh, project. Yeah, they called on. it a new anime project. They didn't uh, really suggest, is it season four? Is it a string of movies? Other than, yo, anime is, there's more anime coming. That's all. Yeah. So uh, I have yet to finish it. So it's I'm... really, really good. Okay. okay. But uh, it's to be expected. Like it's Kaguya. Like why would it not be good? Every season has been doing really fucking well. It's a nine point one zero right now. This morning it was a nine point zero nine. So uh, people are catching on to this season finale and like really, really hyping it up. So I think people are just gonna be super excited for uh, this new project they're working on. Uh, the next thing is uh, I don't know shit about it because I haven't watched or read or anything about it. But uh, you're You've all definitely ab- heard of it, right? But yeah, uh, you're all about the Sound Euphonium, right? So there has been a new announcement about Sound Euphonium. This is the anime based off of the light novel that uh, Kyoto Animation has produced. There's I think two seasons and a bunch of movies, including the spinoff of Liz and the Bluebird, which I like a lot. And they announced a new season and movie for. Uh, the third year that will air in 2024, and the content ensemble contest arc that will air in 2023. So it's good for several reasons. It's good that there is new Sound of Euphonium. It's good that Kyoto Animation is back on their feet in some capacity and start producing a bunch of works. I mean, they did that with Kobayashi, right? So it's not necessarily like, oh, they were in the dark for so long, but it is in- it's good to see that they are back on their feet. And... uh just more Yuri bait, I guess, and more music. It's good. Yeah. We're going to keep the good news rolling with uh, probably one of the, the best bit of news that's come out in recent weeks. Um, a while back, uh, we had to report uh, the, the, the tragic passing of uh, Kentaro Mura, uh, who was the creator of Berserk. Um, Rest in peace. There was a period of time where, you know, beyond that, everyone was just like, you know what? Let's just, you know, put it aside. We leave Berserk as is. This was his legacy. Let him do what he wanted, and we just put it to rest. Uh, recently, though, it's come out uh, that uh, under the assistance of Kentaro uh, uh, Mura, uh, Koji Mori, uh, they're actually going to continue the Berserk manga. Uh, the editing department of Hagasenshi's Young Animal uh, basically said that uh, they were going to finish off and actually release something on the 13th issue of Young Animal, which I think, as a recording, it would have come out a couple days ago. Yes, yesterday. So who knows how far this is going to go, whether they're actually going to finish the Bergzerk story or they're just going to continue it and see where it goes. But considering that uh, Mori was a very good friend of Mura's, I think he was the assistant. What he wanted to do was, like, let's just continue uh, what Mura wanted to to write as a story. And he, he did the best he can to promise that he wouldn't deviate from what Mura wanted to detail in his story. So we're all really happy. We're happy that there is something good that came out of this. And uh, we we're excited to see what direction the Berserk manga is going to go into. No matter what, we will always continue to support it. So uh, there has been rumors of sort of, I guess, traces of illustrations or uh, what do you call it? Like plot points that uh, Mura has. And, he is going to use that as sort of the the blueprint for the Berserk manga going forward. So originally they were like, in respect, we are not going to continue the Berserk manga. And now they are backpedaling on that, which I think is, at the end of the day, a great thing. Because 
Berserk still lives on, and I just think that that's awesome. Please make a good anime adaptation that is not made in the past 10 years. I'd rather not. I'd rather not than have any anime at all. Just continue it in manga form. Uh, we're going to round off the news section with a, a couple more adaptation announcements along with a, a few. Actually, no, they're all adaptation announcements. Uh, the next one, which is we've, we've been talking about this manga for a little while because uh, it's done by a very, very well-acclaimed mangaka, Aka Akasaka, who is known for you know her series Kaguya-sama. We are now getting an adaptation of Oshinoko. That's correct. It's been a long-running... Well, not really long-running, but it's been running for, like, very recently for the last two years. We've been talking about it. We know it should be good. We just never pulled the trigger to start reading it, and uh, I guess now we should because the anime just got announced. Uh, it's going to be produced by Doga Kobo, which is well-known for uh, Shikimori isn't just a cutie. Yeah, well-known for that one, right? Yeah, and also for My Senpai's Annoying. Uh, you uh, simp. You Shikimori God simp. God damn it. Whatever, whatever. So, um, yeah, the other thing is that, let me see here. Oshinoko is now available on Jump Plus in English. Yeah. Fully translated. And I think as of right now, there are like 40 chapters available. So you can just read it for free. Sticking on Jump Plus, Chainsaw Man's back. Not the anime yet. That one is to be decided on when it's going to release. But as announced, part two of Chainsaw Man, the manga, is going to air in uh, in a couple weeks. Well, no, no, very, no, no, very no. soon. The manga is not going to air. The manga is going to be published. Published, aired, whatever. Okay. It'll, it'll be no, simulpubbed. No. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to create confusion here, okay? We're not on Tarka Site 1, okay? I'm just fucking excited, man. Like, Chainsaw Man, I fucking love that shit. Is it, it, whatever form it comes out It's just called School Arc, right? Yeah, it's the high school. Not just, even high school. I think it's, it's just called School, school arc. arc, yeah. Whatever that is. So, so yeah, if you, if you haven't already, I don't know why you guys haven't done it yet, uh, Download Jump Plus or Manga Plus and start reading some manga. There's some, I mean, I, I should say it to myself as well, but like, you know, there's some good manga coming up. Uh, we may even do a couple of uh, episodes on just talking about the manga landscape and what you should be checking out. Now, our last news story is it's probably pretty... the most left field curveball news story that we have gotten in the past couple of weeks. I think both Jason and I saw it at the same time and we were like, you see what I'm seeing? Like, does this make sense to you? What's like, going on even here? Even with the Berserk continuation, right? There, I won't. I'm not surprised at hearing that news, even though I wasn't expecting it. But this one, okay. So, CG Studio Orange is animating the new Trigun Stampede anime in 2023. Wait, wait, well, you mean um, Land of the Illustrious? Yeah. You, uh, wait, you mean yeah? You mean Beastars? No. No, what? no, no, no. Uh, Wait, the extremely old and extremely 2D anime that was Trigun is getting the CG 3D treatment from Studio Orange. It's, uh, yeah. Who the fuck saw that coming? Trigun is an anime series that premiered in 1998 for 26 episodes by Madhouse. So that just tells you like how far back we're, we're going here. I remember watching all of it. I actually do own the DVD for it, of all things. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Trigun's okay. Trigun is just okay. But I was hoping that Studio Orange would be doing any of the works that I mentioned other than Trigun. Well, here you go. You got Trigun. It's going to be simulcasted on uh, Crunchyroll in 2023. So, uh, yeah. You only got, like, another um, six to eight months before that shit happens. Look, maybe it's going to be good. Maybe. But I want Land of Illustrious or Beastars. That's it. But, hey. Are you caught up with Beastars, by the way? 
No, but at least if there was more incoming, that would motivate me to start finishing it. Are you ready to be hurt by Lana Delustrous? I'm already hurt by Lana Delustrous. How broken are you right now? I mean, can, like, can what, a broken person what, what's, speak? What's your density rating? <laughs> are you a three or a two? I'm like, are you a one? I'm like a 0. 0.1 here. Oh, wow, you softy. Okay. I'm a zero. You're, you're, you're a soft crystal. All, okay. all, all this fluffiness has made me uh, malleable and fragile to the point where... um. Yeah, I don't. I all I want it, and I don't want new land illustrious. Well, okay. Well, we've made good time in terms of going over the seasonal sort of comprehensive review. We we'll, we'll do a more comprehensive one later on, uh, and also going over the news. Uh, we are now going into what we always do with every season, which is uh, get ready for an upcoming episodic format of the anime closet cleanup. We are going to be cleaning up. A bunch of our backlogs, whether it's my backlog or Jason's backlog, uh, we can explain the rules of this later on. Uh, but, Jason, maybe you want to sort of explain what we're actually doing right now? Okay, so for the closet cleanup, Will and I have a bunch of anime series that we picked out for each other and ourselves, and then we're going to draw from them. We're going to have a total of 10 to draw from for each person, five of which is from one person's plan to watch list and then the other five is from the other person's plan to watch list so just as a recap we had already settled these a while ago but within my list uh i'm going to be picking out descending stories showa ginroku rakugo shinju dimension w german gond uh, one i'm actually very excited to check out because it's been so long that i've known about this iron-blooded orphans of the mobile suit gundam series and finally promare which has been like I have no idea how long I've known about this and haven't watched it. From Jason's plan to watch list that I need to pick up, it is Patema Inverted, You and Me, Endro with a tilde, Diary of Our Days of the Breakwater, which I actually do really want to check out, and F, A Tale of Memories. For Jason, he's picking out from my list After the Rain, Gankutsuo, which is a carryover from Season 1, uh, also known as Count of Monte Cristo, The Eccentric Family, The Kawaii Complex Guide to Manners and Hostile Behavior, and Servant X Service. From his own list, he will then be picking out Sekano, How to Raise a Boring Girlfriend, Inuyashiki, Last Hero, Kamisama Kiss, Blue Spring Ride, and 5 centimeters per second, a carryover from one of the previous seasons. So you might be wondering, why are these animes are being drawn? There seems to be no connection between all of them. Uh, there is. It's just that it's on our plan to watch list. We wanted to have an excuse to clear out our backlog. We also wanted an excuse to convince the other person to watch certain shows. So that's why we have this episodic format where we will do a cleanup every single podcast season. Will, are Listen, you... we're lazy, right? Sometimes we can't just like spend every single waking hour just watching all the anime. So that's you know we have these episodes kind of in place so that, uh, you know, we have an excuse to rewatch it. So now I actually have post-it notes of every single entry, and I even have the hat. So the hat is back. Okay. Wow, it's actually been a while since we last did it. Okay. Uh, how, how do you want to do it first? Do you want to do me first, or do you want to do you first? You first. So, um, that came out wrong. I I don't want to do you first. Like, no, let's do each other first. You know what I mean? Get ready for the next version of the Good Hentai Palette Podcast. <laughs> Okay, Will, do you want to choose it from your plan to watch list or from my plan to watch list uh, first? Let's do, let's do it. Let's do from mine. So it okay. should have descending stories, dimension W, Yorman Gun, that that stack. All right, try to draw one. 
So the first one is. It finally happened. I got Promare. Okay, there you go. And then the second one is. Wow, this is actually amazing. I got Iron Blooded Orphans. All right, there you go. So then, are there mechas in Promare? Yes. So I'm watching a fuck ton of mechas. Yes, <laughs> this is it. Mecha season for me. All right. Well, and then this is from my plan to watch list for your cleanup. So let me put it. Wait, there you go. Okay, drum roll, or don't do drum roll because that's going to knock over uh, the microphones. Uh, I got You and Me. All right. And then the last one is Endro. Interesting. I actually don't know anything about Endro. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, Will. You don't know what Endro is, my man? This is going to be one of those, because I know what You and Me is. I know the other two as well. I don't know anything about Endro, so I'm just going to do the thing of, I'm not going to read anything on Mal. I'm not going to Google anything. I'm just going to go in completely blind and just give you my objective possible thoughts. Okay. Uh, so um, let's see. Clear this out. Right. Now on to Jason. So No, no, hold on. Um, you just started out. So yeah. uh, these are from mine and then these are from yours. So just shuffle them. Do I do yours first or mine first? Uh, mine first then. Okay. So just to make sure. Five centimeters per second. Saikano. Blue Spring Ride. Kamisaba Kiss. And Inyoshiki. You have really nice handwriting, by the way. Yeah, that's what a lot of people say. My handwriting is atrocious. I, I had to do that thing where uh, I had to get handwriting books and then trace the Oh, lines. no way. Yeah. You've been conditioned to have good handwriting. Yeah, man. and my mom has uh, really good handwriting. Like, I, I, I can't even understand. Okay, the first pick. Inuyashiki, yes! last hero. Oh, yes, you can dive into the edge. All right. And then um, the next next one. Let's see. Hold on. Blue Spring Ride. Okay. Awesome. Now. That's Alharu something, right? I don't remember the name of it. Anyways. Take yeah, Alharu Ride or Alharu Day, whatever it's called. Yeah. Ride. <laughs> no, it, well, technically it's Ride, right? Yeah, but yeah, then yeah. Japanese people have will say Ride. Okay. And then the last two picks for the anime closet cleanup. If I don't get, if I get after the rain, I'm just gonna laugh real loud. Okay, all right. For, I, hope, I hope you do. I actually want you to get after the rain. The Kawaii Complex Guide to Manners and Hostile Behavior. Okay. And then the last one is the Eccentric Family. Did not expect those. I literally pulled those two out of like a mal list and said, "You know what? Just watch these." And. Uh, Lo and behold, you got them. So I guess it's going to be a while before you're going to be able to put After the Rain back on the list then. Because we have like a, a one-season embargo on Yeah, yeah, it, right? we have like a like a stipulation. Yeah, yeah. So uh, to clarify, uh, Will, for uh, Cleanup 3, which, uh, Will, do you remember when we are actually doing that episode? We're doing it after the uh, summer premieres. So we're doing it in six weeks. Oh, yeah, episode number 40. So yeah. we can watch these in any order we want and as much as we want but we need to finish it so then we can review it for episode number 40. Will, what are your four yeah. shows? So I've got Iron-Blooded Orphans, Promare, Endro, and You and Me. I have Blue Spring Ride, Inuyashiki Last Hero, The Eccentric Family, and The Kawaii Complex Guide to Minors and Hostile Behavior. Is there any from th those four right now that you're like, oh man, I can't wait to watch this? Blue Spring Ride. A Blue Spring Ride I'm super hyped about. 
for me, it has to be Promare. Because we've had this on the cleanup list for so fucking long. And I finally picked it. I'll be really sad if you don't like it. But I also, like, I can't force you, right? If so, you don't so you like it, how, you don't like okay, it, right? Okay, so with Promare, right? You know the, the, those two shorts that they have? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Leo Hen and uh, the other guy's Something name. Head, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they must-watches? No, but they help provide context. One is more important than the other, uh, but they're both entertaining. In fact, if anything, I would, I think watching it ahead of time would be good. Okay, because I've watched one of them. I forgot which they're one. They're like 10 minutes I think each. I think yeah. it's Leo Hen. Yeah, they're, they're very short. They're yeah, literally yeah. just half episodes. Okay, wonderful. Okay, awesome. Uh, I am stoked as fuck because uh, Iron Blooded Orphans was never something that I would have just said, you know what, I'm going to watch it because I'm not a huge Gundam fan. I mean, I'm not either, but we both have it on our plan to watch list. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to pull the trigger, Will. Yeah. Here's the thing. Hey, there hey, you go. I'm there just going to ignore that. I'm just going to ignore that. But like, with, with regards to Gundam, like, okay, there's, there's there's Mobile Suit, there's like Gundam, there's Wing, right? There's Hathaway. But everybody, if they're talking about Mobile Suit Gundam, won't shut the fuck up about Iron-Blooded Orphans. So I have to know. I have to know what is up with this. So I'm, I mean, I'm pretty stoked to watch it. I watched a lot of Double Zero. I quite like Double Zero, to be honest. Yeah, okay. I Wing was it for me. But that was like a long time ago. Yeah, oh, man, I don't, I don't remember anything from Gundam other than, of course, the Gundam themselves. So that is the end of the first half of the Good Anime Pal Podcast, episode number thirty-seven. Yeah. So wow, this is. Uh, I'm actually very, very excited to go into the next, uh, the next section. But we're gonna take a quick break, we're gonna grab some lunch, and then when we come back, we'll go straight into the topic for today's episode. Remember, episode thirty-seven. We'll catch y'all later. Everybody and welcome back to the second half of episode 37 of the Good Anime Palette Podcast. I'm your co-host Jason. Will is over there checking something on his phone. Oh no, I was just cleaning some dust off my phone. Oh, okay. I it's see. a nice little phone. It is an it is a nice little phone. Oh god. Okay. So we went over our uh I, I guess our summary in terms of how we felt uh the spring season had been going. Uh we know that we're anticipating quite a few uh, different things to watch out for in uh, summer, but uh, we're not going to be going over that. We actually have that scheduled for a later episode. Instead, today we're going to be kicking off the Good Anime Palette Podcast Season 4. Right. Well, so with, what are we uh, talking about with our first premiere? I think it's about time that we actually... Uh, it's 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 been it's been a while. So like in, in the first season, it was the formative years, learning about you know the protagonists that are uh, you know Fluffy Senpai, Jason, and Edgelord Sama, Will. Second season was essentially you know that first sort of exploration into their character backstories and laying out the plot the plot lines. Season three is when the conflict started kicking in, you know, with the whole you know discussion of the dichotomy of anime and all that. Oh fuck! And you. so then that means now going into season four, we're finally kicking off things with the GAP tournament arc. Uh. To be precise, we are not actually having a tournament if, arc. If only, if only. If right? only. But our topic is about tournaments in anime and manga. But what we really should do is just invite all the other YouTubers and podcasters and just have like a full-on fucking like straight-up podcast, like any, any cast fucking tournament arc. Yeah, as if we could get convinced them. Yeah, sorry. God damn it.
stupid Mike. Yeah, Mike is uh, Mike. Mike is drifting to the side. All okay, right. So, okay. Uh, how do we want to kick this off? Then do we want to just go into what the fuck tournament arcs are? If people don't already know what they are, do we need to grab Webster's dictionary for tournament? Will tournament is essentially like a competition or like a form of combat between different participants. Uh, to achieve a ultimate goal, which is to win or to uh, attain a title of some sort. Very close, very close. Uh, Oxford Dictionary has it as, in a sport or game, a series of contests between a number of competitors who compete for an overall prize. They also have a second meaning for, in the Middle Ages, a sporting event in which two knights or two groups of knights jousted on horsebacks with blunted weapons, each trying to knock the other off the winner receiving a prize. So this is actually like doesn't include like the Roman Empire then. No, because of course it's about the Middle Ages, right? Which then means that like things like Cestus wouldn't be counted as a tournament arc because uh, that was before the Middle Ages. Look, Cestus... we're not being we're not being pedantic, by the way. We're just, we're just shooting the shit. No, but really, uh, tournaments and tournament arcs in anime and manga, I think, is especially relevant comparatively to other forms of media, primarily because I think it is a good culmination of hype moments and a lot of these fan speculations, which we'll get into. And just Will and I are just going to spend a brief, not brief. I mean, mean, within the zeitgeist of anime and manga, like tournament arcs are super important to the point where like beyond tournament arcs, you have people who theory craft and do like, anime death battles is like oh what would happen if luffy were to fight goku right what would happen if naruto were to actually fight sasuke like in the in, at the very very end and actually like after they've accumulated all their powers what would happen if you got like sonic versus mario and all that kind of shit like i don't know how many times i have seen the comment if saitama was against goku who would win uh, I, uh there, there's people within like the dragon ball like fandom where it's like oh you know like Goku would totally beat COVID. Goku would totally beat AIDS. Oh, what about Superman, man? Yeah, dude, Superman is totally, like, he's he's anti-syphilis, bro. It's like... Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, it it gets to that point where people, like, go a little crackpot when it comes to, like, theory crafting that they will do whatever they can to defend their main protagonist. And and I guess that's that's generally, like, what tournament arcs do. Not only does it create hype, it creates... A fandom for specific characters as well. Yeah, and I think going off of that kind of logic, if we go by kind of our broad definition of what tournament arcs are in anime and manga, there is a very clear indication of who against who usually, at least on paper. Maybe there are surprise twists and stuff, but at least going in, you're like, oh, this person against this person, and then there are brackets, so then it's very clearly defined and structural Oh, like, okay, Go from like you know like March Madness for basketball is like top sixteen. No, you, sweet you, sixteen. You have a draft, then like you do like a round robin, or then you have like brackets, and right. then you you clearly can see your path to victory, and you have to see all the opponents you fight along the way. It's like for example, like I know we're I'm jumping in a little bit, but like imagine it's like within anime and manga, right? When you're watching Haikyuu, you know that Kurasuno School is going to play against Date Tech in terms of the UA Academy. You know that Todoroki is going to beat up, uh, go up against Midori. Yeah, and you also know that usually a result is assumed to have taken place in order to get to the next 
part of the tournament. There's always going to be a winner or loser or sometimes even a draw in which both are eliminated, but there's always going to be a definitive result. And I think the last thing that I think is really relevant is for a lot of people within the same property, having a tournament arc allows a very definitive way for the mangaka or author or writers of the anime or manga to be like, this is the winner, this is the loser. So in this instance, this person is better than that person. And everyone just be like, okay. At least in that moment, they're better than that person. You never know. Plot right. twists and shit, right? But it's very much like the, the, the tournament arc serves a purpose in either fleshing out a character's backstory, creating and introducing new characters, or it also helps to essentially reveal the overall powers or weaknesses of characters and then therefore it plays into the rest of the plot line right like if for example you're talking about a character that is super good at everything but all of a sudden you put him in one specific situation in a tournament arc and they fail then you're like ah that's the canon part that's how we know this person is no longer superhuman we know that in future episodes they're going to harp back on this and usually with tournament arcs your environment or arena in which the tournament takes place usually is a rather neutral field. Okay, it's just literally like, you know, in those fighting games? Yeah. Those training stages is just bare bones, grids, and that is your arena. Or there are environments, but then the environment is either like randomly drawn or it's neutral or there is some sort of way to sort of very clearly, and I guess that is really the end of the day, clearly quantify and see the structure of this tournament, these opponents, these adversaries, these teammates. Yeah. I mean, okay, I'm not going to use like a tournament example, but let's say, for example, like red line, right? Like when you have all the different racers competing on the red line, everybody knows that line. Everybody knows the structure of it. Everybody knows the random shit that happens. It just comes down to your ability to navigate it and your ability to overcome all your adversaries and showcase the best of your ability. That's literally it. And for people who say that, well, red line is technically not a tournament, I'm like, yeah, you're kind of right. It's a competition. But then in order to get to that final competition, you have to go through a like to qualify in their own region or something, right? So then in that sense, it is a tournament because it's a series of competitions. The, 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 the word tournament itself is, is, is quite loose, which is why later on we'll explain certain things. And when we go over recommendations, there's like a clear reason as to why we didn't include specific series and properties. Um, but for all intents and purposes, like we will use as many examples as possible to talk about tournament arcs or just in general, the purpose of a tournament for series and properties. Um, another thing I think we might want to go over as well is just in the in the in the event that when you find a character that you really 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 like and you want to vouch for them, like dude, like if it wasn't for the UA high school battle, I don't think Todoroki's fandom would be as high, right? Okay, if we're if we're going straight into My Hero Academia, but it's just an example. We're just no, glossing no. over it for now. I mean, okay, okay, we'll have to get to that. Yeah, we, we will we will go more into it as well. But I'm saying like that that's as an ex- as an example of like what a tournament arc does. In terms of like not just generating hype for a series, but also creating very, very likable characters. Just in the same way that it also helps dictate who's going to be a villain or who's going to be a pain in your ass throughout like a specific series that you watch. So that's specifically like why tournament arcs, at least we feel, are important or at least intrinsic within specific pockets of anime. Yeah, and we will mainly talk about two specific genres being shown in in sports. But I also want to say that the last thing that 
we would get on as to why tournament arts are important in anime and manga is its variability. Because as Will mentioned, or if you have watched any shonen action anime, you would know that the formula is extremely easy. There is a it's bracket. The, it's the most like salient way of seeing progression and conflict. Yeah. Whether it is you, 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 you progress through points, you progress through elimination, the rules are simple. And, and of course, right now we're excluding weird interjections like cheating or like twists of, oh, the enemy all of a sudden shows up and messes game, up the tournament. Game fixing. Stuff exactly. Like all, if we exclude all that, because we will get into that, the and also the flashbacks of the character's backstory or really uh, dude, how many flashbacks were there in like Records of Ragnarok, right? Like there's that that's another thing where it's, like, it's not just seeing physical conflict it's also mental anguish and conflict it's also the build-up of a specific character's backstory which then leads into whether you like the character or not or maybe the character is unlikable and then maybe through their backstory or their flashbacks they become at least maybe a bit more sympathetic more understanding of why they are the way they are and when we talk about our sports episode uh, i think episode 10 something like that Uh, dude we've been around the block for a long time now the kind of freeze time of flashbacks to provide context and sort of hype and then to then all of a sudden go back to the present time is some is a is a format that is a very very ingrained in anime and manga that you don't see that much of in other forms of media right and i think if we were to see that with live action you don't see a flashback that lasts like half the episode length. Right? It's, it's just hard to do that because yeah. like with 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 live action, the storytelling format is very like linear in one direction and then that's it. Of course there's gonna be many examples that buck what I say, but you know what? Like I'm just trying to be as as as, as general as possible. Anime and manga have that kind of freedom where it's like, yeah, you can have ten panels or five minutes of just pure physical com- uh, combat but during those moments it's like like again I, I hate going back to the haiku example because there's so many but like when one person is spiking the ball that spike could take 10 minutes because during that 10 minutes there's a nine minute flashback i mean there is that very uh typical saying of in dragon ball z the guy holds a spirit bomb but then that takes three episodes because there is dialogue and flashbacks that really the whole interaction is like 20 seconds right and obviously, when we talk about live action, there's the fictional and the actual sporting events. Those, you obviously can't see the mindset of the athletes. And with live action, you can't do that much f- like f- like flashbacks because it just doesn't seem fit for the type of... It's hard to do it quickly. Yeah, it is hard. I'm not saying that they don't have flashbacks. I'm just saying that... It's, it's not as seamless as if you would do it in anime and manga. Because yeah. the sequencing and like the framing of flashbacks, it's much easier just to run through like a 10-second flashback than it is to do and repeat the same thing to the same effect within live action. I, I'd argue that. Yeah. Also, with anime and manga, it's just such a good meme, right? I think Will and I uh, appreciate uh, an anti-tuber by the name of Giguk. And his sort of one of his many memes is, is enthusiasm for tournament arcs. Like, oh, is this a tournament arc? Is this a tournament arc? And I was just like, yeah, I also care a lot about tournament arcs. I don't care that much about Shonen, to be honest. Like, this is me, Jason, saying. Uh, but tournament arcs. But when you talk about Shonen, the most memorable moments 
usually are the tournament args. All right, you want to get into it, Will? We, so, we, we need to go into yeah, it. Yeah, we it's have like, to. Because you can't talk about tournament arcs without talking about shonen. Like, like, we'll talk about sports later, but like, you can't have a amazing shonen without a really, really amazing fucking tournament arc. Now, not every shonen will have it. Of course, I'm not saying everything's a be-all, end-all. But Jujutsu Kaisen, One Piece, Hunter Hunter, fucking... Death, no, the death, no, no. My Hero Academia. Uh, My Academia, dude. Even fucking Dead Man Wonderland. I was gonna say Dead Man, not, 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 uh, not that one. Like every big hit that you know of would have. Dude, Naruto literally has like five different tournament arcs. Yeah, because they they have to the Chunin exam, they have right? To exam their yeah, exactly. I was about to say right. Yeah, exactly. Like even Pokemon has a tournament yeah. arc. So like if we go by Naruto, uh, the Garu Rock Lee fight is. What's the opposite of infamous is extremely well done, well known to be one of the best tournaments arcs of that, of of Naruto. Yeah, outside of um, okay, so there's that one fight where Rock Lee gets drunk and he fights against that uh, that bone ninja. Um, that one was a really memorable fight. But like, if you were to talk about like the one moment in Naruto, not including Shippuden, but just Naruto, everybody goes back to the part where Rock Lee drops his leg weights and starts beating the shit out of Garu. So good. Right? But you said right, it's like. You don't really care that much about Shonen. You probably no, don't no. even like okay. Naruto that much. At, but at that time, remember, I did care a lot. Yeah. But yes. But, but, but like upon reflection, it's like, yeah, you know what? Like Naruto was kind of goofy. It was like, yeah, it, it, in all, all respect, it's just a decent anime. But you can't look past the Rock Lee Garu fight in that tournament arc as like the one of the most hyped experiences in anime and manga. And I was. The, the moment that it was extremely apparent to me that My Hero Academia is a show that is going to make it big is the Todoroki and Deku fight. And the exact moment is when Todoroki does something. Actually, Deku does something. You could say it, man. It's then, long enough. Okay, uh, when he summons his fire, I was so hyped. Like, that whole episode was so good. And that late title card was like, oh, like... And it really does ingrain a lot of the, the the most amazing aspects of tournament arcs. Backstory, a clear villain, well, at, sorry, not villain, adversary and main character, flashbacks, revelations, even power jumps, right? Or, like, you know, it is just so good. We can even go as recent as Jujutsu Kaisen. Oh, also, like, Sawano's music. Yeah, dude, fucking, like, anytime you, like, that, that's it. Literally, like, the reason why there are times when it's like, oh, of course, like, the source is going to be great, and the anime can only adapt as much. No, like, every studio, when they know there's a tournament art coming up, will go balls to the wall in terms of producing it, not just for the music, but for the characterizations, the story plot lines. The animation sequences, the art quality, everything is like if you if you just watch most of My Hero Academia, there are going to be some pretty poor animation uh, segments, but you can guarantee guarantee that the animation quality in a tournament arc is just the, just mamma mia. The Sakuga know? moments, right? It's like you you just can't like ignore it. And I with the earliest time that I can think of is Hunter Hunter or Hunter X Hunter and uh, Naruto when I read the manga for both of them and then I watched the anime. And it really goes to show that how with action and shonen stuff, live, um, not live action. Um, anime adaptations, right? Anime adaptations. Thank you, Will. I, I, 
That's why we're. Partners. I was gonna say live, live, live action Naruto. I don't think we're ready for that, dude. I'm just fine. No, don't go, do that. I'm don't. Just, I, I'm just. I'm just fine with people cosplaying that shit. Do not make that a reality. But yes, it is thoroughly, thoroughly different. Even though it's the same storyline, the same sequence of events. It's the same with the Jujutsu Kaisen. It's the same kind of premise, the same kind of characters. Again, the trio, right? Two guys, one girl. But then, but then, the Tokyo versus Kyoto tournament arc. Holy fuck, was that good. Oh, uh, this might be a weird, weird time, but Will and I also watched Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah nice yeah, nice yeah, little yeah. name drop. Yeah, exactly. Fucking good, too. Fucking really good movie. Fucking great, too. We'll, 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 we forgot to talk about that. We'll talk, maybe talk about it more next episode. Yeah, so it, it, the thing with like Shonen, it's like you want to showcase hype moments that's the whole purpose of shonen it's all action balls to the wall non-stop adrenaline and so having a tournament art is like the best canvas for that it's the perfect moment to showcase how good your studio is in showing two characters beating each other up to see good versus bad and that's that's it it's or, just that or, simple. or side a versus side b right like it's, yeah dude there's so many like not just like central like conflicts but when you have like a side conflict those are also like, whoa, dude. Like, I did not see that character in that light. I really fucking like that character. I now. mean, that's why we like watching sporting events and competitions in general, because it just has that kind of not only camaraderie, but also competitiveness that eventually always leads to hype or even disappointing moments. And yeah. that high and low is exactly why tournament arcs are great in anime and manga. Yeah. So let's go that that direction then, right? Like, move on from the shonen. We've made it very, very clear that, you know, if your anime has got a good tournament arc, you're going to get some hype. You're going to get fans. Now, on to the sports side, on the other hand. Right. It. I think it's quite clear, right? Like, if you play in a league, you play in a tournament, you play in a cup competition, these are... In essence, a form of tournament. All sports are, in essence, like that. That's just the way that the sort of whole organization is formatted. You have a start, you have a finish, you have games in between, you have knockout phases, and then you have a final between potentially a victor and a runner-up. I also feel that sports, anime, and manga has... Okay, I'm pretty sure what I'm about to say is also privy to, like, you know, shonens and other kinds of tournaments... Sports, anime, manga, tournament arcs, that's a mouthful, they also go quite a bit on the losing side, especially when we mention Haikyuu or, you know, in baseball with Ace of the Diamond, there are always going to be a winner, usually the main character, or eventually, at least, and then there's always going to be a loser, because there has to be, by definition, in a tournament arc. Yeah. So then when you see what the two sides are fighting for, and one wins and prevails, and the other one loses... You sometimes, especially in Haikyuu, I remember, now that you're mentioning it, the heartbreak that not only the fans but those athletes feel are sometimes so raw. And then when you add that in with context of flashbacks, you really feel for these people. And, like, if we go the step further, like, these are usually, like, teenagers because usually high, it takes place in high school. And uh, they have to learn to accept defeat in grace and that's I, yeah i think that's one one slight difference between a tournament arc in sports as opposed to an uh, a shonen i think again this is just me being subjective but i from my experience sports anime and manga aren't afraid to let the main characters or the main team lose in a tournament because it shows growth it shows I, despair i right? would argue that it has to happen 
right? Because right? because it, it's it's again it's character development. It's developing of that storyline. Without it, it's just like oh, what happens if you just keep winning all the time? Then you're just like, well, I guess the next season is watching like Krasno just keep winning again and again and again, right? No, sometimes you actually need to take a step back and like learn and improve. And Otherwise, I've... it gets stale. And if you exclude the whole like the 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 dark slash defeat second act versus the redemption arc or the you know the champion arc on the third act so to speak i also think another reason why sports and anime is so good is because it also provides a window of opportunity again as i mentioned it before the mentality of the athletes the mentality of even fictional characters in my hero academia if we go back to shonen real quick or the jisu kaisen the two sisters Technically, you don't need to know all that about their backstory. It's just two people kind of wailing at each other and trying to see who's superior. But at the end of the day, with those contexts, it's like the hypest shit ever. And it's dope. And uh, yeah, I just feel that sports is this really good conduit where you may not have that physical ability. It is still somewhat grounded in reality. And it's just awesome. Right? I, yeah. I I won't go. I won't necessarily go to a volleyball game, but I'll watch the shit out of Haikyuu, right? But because now that you've watched Haikyuu, hey, look, if there is ever an invite to a volleyball game, you'd be like, yeah, maybe. Or if the Olympics show up, it's like I never really cared about ping pong, but then like now after watching ping pong the animation and the Tokyo Olympics going down and it was the finals of the, you know, the the mixed doubles, I was just like, you know what? Yeah, I I could watch this, and it was fucking hype. But it also was like leaning into the fact that like I've watched enough tournament arcs from anime ping pong. That was just like okay, this this it, it did its job. It absolutely did its job, and that was like the purpose of doing like sports anime manga in the first place. We talked about it in our episode where like right. during the time when Japan was trying to you know get a foothold in soccer and like with the upcoming World Cup, Captain Tsubasa released a new manga and everyone was on that shit. Blue Lock, yeah, is the same thing too. That is the reason why. Uh, a lo- in fact, they mention it in the very beginning yeah, pages. It, it came out after the uh, the the World Cup in which uh, yeah. France won. So, the other thing that I also want to say about shonen and and uh, sports tournament arcs is, you knew. Come on, Will. We all know the good guy, the main character, is always going to prevail at the end, right? Even if we exclude the the midway defeat, right, to rise back up, you knew that. I knew that the 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 destination is always established and it's always confirmed. Yeah, in the eyes of everyone. Yeah, sports and shonen anime and manga are not cruel enough for you to see that your main character is gonna suck in the end. But it is the journey, right? Like the journey through the training, the journey through the tournament arc, that really shows growth and really shows, in some ways, maturity too, right? Yeah, we know what's gonna happen at the end, but we like what we see because hey. Who wouldn't want to see their favorite main character end up gaining a new power or showing that they have the mental willpower to overcome or maybe challenge? or maybe it's a team tournament. And then these two people that don't like each other all of a sudden bonded and are like, well, we both don't like each other or we we don't like each other still, but we respect each other and let's go beat this fucking thing. Oh, wow. It's all about respect at the end. Huh? Yeah, man. It's all about honor and respect, my dude. Yeah. So. But you, you you definitely see a lot of that in terms of like sports, right? But what happens when it's like you know, you know, I, I think I know where you're going with this. It's like non-contact sports. Yes. So uh, I added a section just now uh, that I wanted to mention, which is non-action anime. 
and uh, no non-action anime tournament arcs. Wait, non-full, but I know what you're getting yeah, at yeah. here, right? So we always think of tournament arcs as, hey guys, um, person A versus person B or team A versus team B, and they just fight, like fist fight or use guns or use magical powers or whatnot. But especially when we go back to Shonen again, funny enough, Shogugeki no Soma is what I would say the epitome of a non-action tournaments where it's a, technically just about food, guys. There's no bloodshed, so to speak. Maybe, like, unfortunately, like, some kill, some animals get killed, but for food. But, you know, like... Oh, or, fuck them animals, dude. Oh, Jesus. I, I no, no, no. Do not fuck them animals. Uh, but, you know, if you have to eat eat, eat meat, you eat. know. So, oh God, Will, you, you threw me off there. Jesus Christ. Right. But then, uh, yeah, Food Wars is a clear example of an anime that has tournament arcs, lots of tournament arcs. Yeah. But it's not like... They're, they're, it is shonen, right? There is a, a combative like element to it, but not in the sense that like, oh, I'm gonna dribble a ball past you and score, or I'm going to put you in an arm lock and force you to submit and win. No, this is more just like, I have these skills in Chinese cuisine, and I'm going to pit them against your knowledge of aromatic spices and let's or see Italian, who wins. Or Italian, right? Yeah, exactly. And then to go one step further, things like chess, shogi for uh, martial arts like mine. Karata, but karata is a bit more athletically. No, because driven, it's, it's, right? not, it's not just down to like the flipping of the cards. It's also knowing of the poems, right? I, I knew you'd say that. Right? You see, you see, exactly. That's where it is. It's like it's not just down to seeing it's strategizing, man, because it's your formation, right? And you want to see that. You want to see not just someone like, oh, I'm big monkey brain, strong. I beat up you when that's like no. You don't want to see that. You want to see someone actually like, who takes the time to be so engrossed and passionate about a sport, about a hobby that they'll do whatever he can to be the number one. And I'll mention three other animes back to back to back, but I'm sure, Will, you can speak to any of these three. So the first thing is Saki, which is about Mahjong, and there are tournament arcs all over the goddamn place. It's good, yeah. And it is just straight up, like, it's just a bunch of people sitting at a Mahjong table playing Mahjong, but it's hype and full of the same ingredients that is in every tournament arc. Then there is... um. What was it? There was like a quiz bowl one. I forgot if you remember. Oh, I know which Okay. If you want to know, you can just refer back to our sports anime episode. Yeah, I know, right? And then uh, there is also... What am I thinking of? Shit. I just lost my train of thought. Don't what? think of shit. Jeez. But uh, we, we know what you're talking about. I think, like, in general, like, tournament arcs aren't always just, like, straight up competitive. It's not just straight up, like, I punch you, you punch me, so who's, like, last standing, right? Or, like... Oh, I'm going to do one thing here and do one thing there and see who gets as many points. It's really racking your brain trying to figure out what you're uh, you're, you're you're trying to talk about, right? Yeah, I, I'm like super like it's really bugging me. But uh, so let's just move on then until I can remember and then I'll I'll we'll, we'll get back to that. Yeah. So I actually think we just switch things around from what we have on the docket here because it it just seems like a nice little segue um, because we've been talking about tournaments within anime tournament arcs within a specific series we haven't really talked much about a series that is just about a tournament there are actually a fair amount of tournament exclusive properties that uh are 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 really fucking good you might say in the realm of tournaments we are destined to 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 mention this series will yes so there's there's quite a few uh, I think the most clear example is, you know, as recent as like three years ago when the manga started uh, serializing, and then 
Netflix decided to drop the anime adaptation, Records of Ragnarok. It's just 12 gods versus 12 humans, and that's it. That's the whole fucking series. And it's really fucking good in the manga. In the anime, on the other hand, look, I, I think you can find enjoyment of it. I just think that the animation is... that that That's where the issue is. Where if your whole series is just a tournament arc, that means every single thing has to be good. Whereas if it's like an action shonen or if it's like a sports anime, not everything has to be like pristine quality animation. Right. There's downtime or there's slice of life stuff or there's like training arcs, you know, that kind of thing. Or but, scrimmage arcs. But imagine arcs. like you like are just doing fucking battles and contests every single minute, right? You're not youthful table, right? The Fate series managed to do it really, really, really fucking well, right? So that's where like sometimes tournament specific series can have a bit of a downside because you have to be high octane the whole time. And if you aren't, it's very easy to pick holes, which is why it's easier to read Records of Ragnarok because the quality is consistent all the way through. But in terms of the anime adaptation, is, by Grafinica, it's yeah, not it's great. It's just not that great. Also, Netflix, you dropped the ball on that one yet again. But hey, look, uh, there's a season two, I guess. So uh, good for us, I guess. I don't know. There's a season three for King and Ashura. That's one that I'm yeah, like, yeah. really, really happy yeah. about. That, that, okay. But that's a good thing, right? Yeah. There, there. Of course, there are going to be people that are like not that hot on the 3D CG of it. But I didn't really care about it. I read and watched both hey, of them. Hey, Will, so. is it MMA-oriented? It is very it, much MMA-oriented. Is there, is there tournaments in it? It's it's it's. I think that the uh, the whole premise of it is that they're in a death battle tournament to essentially be the very best, the, the best that ever was, right? Yes. Then 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 it counts, right? Uh, earlier, I was talking about Destiny because, of course, we're talking about the Fate series with the Holy Grail Wars. It's a huge, huge property with crazy amounts of tournaments. We do want to go a little bit into that though, because it's like when we're yeah, because that, yeah, that specifically yeah. is a, a battle royale. Right, in a similar vein, we also need to include things like death games or high stakes games. So we're also including things like, for example, Battle Royale. We're also including things like Darwin's Game, the manga Alice in Borderland. I mean, even Kageguru. Right? In in essence, yes. In essence, yes. Because uh, because the torment is to achieve higher social status by being rich. Yes. Right. Kaiji, same thing. Right. You're battling to be able to get out of debt, and if you win, then you have you're you're debt free. But I think like. It, it, it comes with a caveat because whilst they technically do count as tournaments, those specific genres themselves have their own tags on like any chart. They have their own tags on my anime list. So it's like, would you call the Fate series a tournament series? Yeah, but it's kind of not really explaining the whole thing. So it is in my... Okay, this is my strictly my opinion i think that death games are not tournaments no but, sorry but they tournament, do feature no, a tournament sorry. right tournaments yeah. are not death games but death games are tournaments does that make sense yes because death games is like is, is the format the power like struggle the different sides are very reminiscent and is exactly like a tournament because the less people in a death game the closer you are to being the winner of this so-called competition or tournament. Yep. However, uh, a lot of these tournament arcs in all these various animes and mangas, people don't die. Or they get seriously injured, but they don't die. Whereas in death games, things like 
you know, King's Game, Darwin's Game, Glipnir, and all that stuff. Future Diary. Future Diary, of course. Mirai Nikki. Like, the death part is very uh, important, if you will, right? Well, uh, what about gladiators and fighting in the Coliseum? Right? The end result is, you know, if you lose, you die. Right. So that's why it's like it's a it, it, it has to come with a caveat because it still technically counts as a tournament, but for all intents and purposes, like you said, death games are very very specific niche. That yes, they are tournaments, but to call Future Diary a tournament series is kind of no, yeah. right? But I would say that uh, not all animes have to have tournaments, but almost by definition, since it's a subgenre of tournaments. Every death game is a tournament. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like last man stand, last yeah. person standing. Like My Hero Academia is not a tournament anime. There are tournament arcs in it, of course, but there is a grander story, you know. Or it's not just about the tournaments like Rack- Records of Ragnarok. It is just about superheroes. But it just so happens that there's a tournament this time, and that's it. With you know Mirai Nikki, right? Future Diary. If you exclude the tournament and the competitiveness, what are you left with? Actually, don't answer that question because I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say. A really twisted love story, but hey, guys. No, it's more like a really, really interesting game of hide-and-seek. Oh, yeah. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. With so some time-bending abilities. Uh, if you haven't watched it yet, watch it. Future Diary is great. Well, mm. Mm, I, I, I still think Future Diary is pretty good. Uh, but I don't. It, it think... gets it gets a little more like acclaimed than it deserves. Uh, I, I in my opinion, yes. I know. I don't know if everyone subscribes I'm, I'm, to I'm, that. I'm pretty like on the fence with it. Like I like it enough, but at the same time, it's like I'm not gonna tell you to like, hey, you have to enjoy this shit. Okay, so now that we have talked about tournaments, why it's important in various different uh, genres of anime and manga, yeah, why it whether is... it's like just a, a shonen, whether it's a sports, or even if it's just specifically a tournament exclusive series i, I still yeah. can't remember the the two examples i'm thinking of but, as all good ah uh, fuck it um we also compared it uh, a little bit to live action let's go a bit down memory lane will and talks about our most memorable tournaments i think we have already mentioned some of them but let's let's go knee deep into some of them now yeah well, i mean we went over the tokyo versus kyoto uh school uh arc in uh, the school festival um from jujutsu kaisen uh, i think is it called a, is it like a sports festival technically sports right? festival yeah, yeah 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 and then we also talked about the the ua academy um sports festival in season one season one uh look that that fight actually that whole tournament is pretty dope I liked it a lot, but there was if you're talking about like school festival, school tournaments, I think it's really hard to beat, you know, the Honoji Academy battle in uh Kill a Kill. Okay, so I knew you're gonna mention this. Uh I love Kill a Kill. I thought their tournament arc was just good. What? It I was thought amazing. It was, just it was good. quirky. It was funny. It was because it, it allowed for you to see like the really weird, ecstatic side of the school, and like to, to see it was hella stupid it, in the big, in an awesome way. Exactly, seeing them go up against the big four, and it's again, you're just watching like, people just fight with their clothes and shit. It's just like this really is. Just think about it. You're fighting with your clothes. Yeah, but it's fucking amazing. It's super fun. I arguably, I wouldn't say that like one's better than the other because both of them are completely different. But they're both still, you know. Oh, I remember. Arcs. I remember my non-action tournament arcs: Sounds of Life and Sound Euphonium. Oh, right, because they are yeah. music-oriented shows, so they're not really action. 
but they have they go to competitions they go to regionals there are literally tournaments where schools get eliminated oh my god are you gonna now say that you know kong ming is a tournament series then because oh we, we can't really say that but yes uh yes yes there's an yes. element there's an element there's an element i'll right. give you that a hundred percent so do you remember much from watching actually i don't even remember how far you got into for no, one piece no no uh, so when i say the Corita coliseum i don't even know what the fuck that is okay uh that's Re- it's one of the most memorable tournament arcs that I can remember from a shonen series. Uh, but it's also again, it's because it's fucking One Piece. Unfortunately, it's it's just, it's what, just are, One Piece. Wait, are you really are you really fucking One Piece? I well, I wish. Oh damn! Because then at least we'll be getting to the end. I want to find out if they know when they're fucking like actually getting to the One so Piece. So someone finishes. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. and then Luffy's just like, oh. This is how we end, right? Oh, this is elastic, yeah. right? Yeah, okay, sure. Fuck. <laughs> Silicone, right? We're terrible human beings, Will. Uh, the other one I wanted to bring up was, again, it's something that's more specific to me because I know that you... You might have seen some of um, Deadman Wonderland, but... No, I but, haven't. Yeah, but the uh, the Corpse Carnival was fucking great. It was one of the best things, and then it, it kind of went a little downhill in the manga, and then it picked up again, and then it ended up really, 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 really good. Uh, I don't know how it was animated in the anime because I refuse to watch it because it's fucking awful. So, uh, yeah, just like with Tokyo Ghoul, just read the manga for Demon Wonderland. Don't watch the anime. So even though what I'm about to say is actually not a recommendation, it's actually the polar opposite, there was one show that I was going to watch in anticipation for this recording. And that one is um, The Zodiac Wars. By Nishio, uh, yes, yes, yes. who did the Monogatari series and the Pretty Boy Detective Club. He also wrote, and then there was an anime by, of all things, Griffinica in 2017, fall, about, uh, I guess, 12 participants, yep. each belonging to a certain zodiac or an animal, and then they kind of duel it out to figure out who's the best. And I heard so many middling to terrible things about this show that I wanted to check it out, but I didn't check it out in time due to time constraints. But all indications point to it being not great. Yeah, dude, Netflix can't stop reminding me that such a thing exists. So um, I am not going to buckle down and actually watch it. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll watch like two episodes and report back in. You mean you know? two minutes, right? Fuck if I know, right? I'll be, I'll be the opening credits and then that's it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right. Well, we've, we've gone over, like, what tournament arcs are. I think people already know, but it's also, like, why they're so fucking good, why they're so hyped. Why don't we recommend some series that, like, actually have some pretty damn good tournament arcs? All right. So Will and I learned after the fact that um, probably having 10 recommendations total is kind of just way too much for everyone involved. So we have narrowed it down. It's like three or four each maybe or, less yeah or like a total of five or six so yeah uh, and also like i wanted to bring this up again as well later on because it's like we could recommend some sports anime but it's like we've already done that before so we're gonna try and not go into like pure sports at least it's like not the conventional sports right we think both of. of us are recommending yeah okay yeah well, you know what I mean? I know right? exactly what you mean. There's one actually I don't want to really recommend because I've talked enough about it already. Um, so oh, I, 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 yeah. I see it. I see yeah. it. So, um, Kengen Ashura is the one you're thinking about, right? Because I, I can't stop talking about it. But uh, yeah, I should probably watch it. And I probably will actually. But it's it's fucking good. I mean, third season, right? Watch that. Don't watch Baki. 
Ooh, yeah, about that one. Huh? So you've got two recommendations, and now I've got two recommendations. Um, both of yours I know very, very well because one I've already watched, and I need to watch second season. And the other one I've, I've, I've made it like on my plan to watch list that I should check it out. So let's talk about Megalobox. So Megalobox is a Netflix exclusive that also has a second season called Nomad, uh, Megalobox right? Nomad. Will and I watched it ages ago because we both realized we haven't watched it at that time. It has nothing to do with JP at the time. And we both thoroughly loved it. The whole Rocky underdog story of this guy named Joe, who in this world, they are people who do boxing, but they are augmented with certain machinery such that it doesn't become... The traditional boxing anymore. They, they basically wear like an exo armor. Exactly. And our main character, Joe, decides to not wear anything and just beat them with their own raw. Oh, human he's like, skills. he wears something, but he's wearing like really old school oh, like yeah, yeah, training yeah. gear. Yeah, Stuff yeah. that's like, why are you doing that? It's like riding a bicycle for a MotoGP. Right. Like it's a, I think the, the nickname was Regular Joe. Yeah. And then your coach is like, oh, this, he's just, no, he's Junk Dog. His oh, name is Junk Dog, but oh, he's junk. just called Joe. All right. And yeah. then uh, your your um, coach is this drunken, debt-ridden guy down on his luck that just wants to scam people all day. It just sounds like Rocky. It is Rocky, to be honest. Yeah. But anyways, like specifically for Megalobox, it actually carries a lot of importance for the character to be called Joe because it is like the 50th year commemoration of the original series that it's based on of. Uh, Ashita no Joe, or Tomorrow's Joe, like a really, really old school boxing anime and manga. That's, uh, well, the first chapter actually came out in 1968. And I think Megalobox aired on 2018. So we will probably watch uh, Nomad. Joe. We have to watch Nomad. And we also need to read up on some jo- It's just It just makes sense, right? You yeah, want to go does. back to the roots and see. Yeah, I know, right? Like, you got to watch Rocky 1 before you watch Rocky Balboa. <laughs> Sorry. No. I can't say that with a straight face. I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But in a way, it's like it, it's it's almost like if you if you watch Creed, you should watch Rocky. Okay. Uh, Ro- Creed. Like I heard it's real good though. I haven't seen Michael B. Jordan's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Yep. So, uh, one of my recommendations is that so you you talked about like the whole non-contact uh tournament arcs, right? Like with, non-contact. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, non-action, non-contact. Yeah. yeah with yeah. Uh, with um, food wars. Uh, I'm gonna take you down memory lane because you know damn well what this series is because you've also watched and read it before. Yakitate Japan, shake and bake, baby. Yeah. So Yakitate Japan was the food wars before food wars came along. Uh, I'm not trying to be like, yo, fuck food wars. It's the OG baby. No, 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 no. It's just more that like it's a little lesser known because it's it's actually quite old. Uh, so Yakitate Japan uh originated as a Japanese manga. That was serialized in Shogakukan's Weekly Shonen Sunday from 2001 through 2007. Total of 26 volumes. So the anime was adapted by Sunrise back in 2004. Uh, I forgot which season that is. That would be, um, that'd be fall, right? For October? Yeah, it should be fall. Yeah, yeah it should be fall. Yeah. yeah, so fall 2004. For how many episodes, Will? 20... No, no, no. Oh, yeah. 69. Yeah, my man. Yeah, so <laughs> what Ducky to the Japan is, it's just plain and simple. It's just a kid who was on the quest to create Japan, or as, as, as in pan being bread. So Japan, he wants to create the national bread 
of Japan. Because Japan, when you think about it, it's more known for, it, with its uses of wheat, it's more known to make noodles, make rice. But bread is not necessarily a staple within the Japanese diet. Or even in Western world, it's usually a more, no, sorry, Eastern world. It's more of a European, Western-oriented thing to have bread. The most I think we have would be buns, right? Yeah, steamed buns. Steamed buns, right. But then in terms of baking bread, that was not necessarily something that, like, Japan is interestingly known for. Even though if you walk you through Japan now, the amount of bakeries you have, I mean, dude, like, Jason Jason loves them Japanese donuts, right? You know Japanese bread. Japanese donuts are great, dude. Yeah. So what's so special about this is, like, you know, Shokigeki no Soma, Kit just loves to cook, wants to beat everybody who's an acclaimed chef. Wonderful. This one, on the other hand, is a shonen series because the main character of Yakita Japan has a superpower. Okay? I, I know, yeah. Let, let's hear the superpower. I know exactly what so you're saying. Yeah. So the main character, Kazuma Azuma. Yes, that's his name. Kazuma Azuma. He was so good that they almost named him twice. Uh, his superpower is when creating bread... Bread is a science in terms of like baking is a science in that you have fermentations, you have temperatures, you have molds, you have different ways of being able to leave in a bread. But all of it comes down to the elements in which you operate in. So, for example, if you're making bread in an area that's very humid or very dry, very cold or very hot, your bread's going to take on a different form. But the main thing is that you, no matter what, they will always have to go through a fermentation process. Fermentation usually gets faster when it's in warmer climates and uh your boy Kazuma Asuma has the ability to warm up his hands to be able to speed up the fermentation no, process. No, no. He is unusually blessed with <laughs> warm hands. Uh, no, sorry, sorry. It, it, that is that's that's his power. He has no, warmer and, hands. And being blessed with unusually warm hands that allow dough to ferment faster, Azuma is able to bring his baking innovations to another level. Yeah, I'm reading from the plot synopsis here. I'm reading from Wikipedia. So. I know exactly. <laughs> it's like, I forgot what he had. <laughs> yeah, tomato, tomato. It's um, good though. It's actually like it's a fun series. It's it's a little more lighthearted than Food Wars. Yeah, and I think the. So when you mentioned this in the docket, I actually went back to YouTube and looked up some clips. Some of the quote unquote innovations or like out of the box thinking are actually really cool. Whether or not they actually work in real life is a whole different thing. But I watched a clip that made me smile like from ear to ear. It involves a croissant. The 324 layer croissant. Oh, so good. Yeah, dude. I saw that clip. And then there was like these, all these other random things of innovating something that you just wouldn't think about but it somehow at least through anime logic makes sense to you i think if you are a fan of shakugeki no soma like you should give yakita a chance even if it is a lot older than food wars i mean damn this this thing came out fucking 18 years ago but but it's still sunrise sunrise still had a certain level of quality with them no matter when they released their stuff so i'd say yeah give yakita japan a chance I think it's on Crunchyroll. I think it's on Amazon. It's not hard to... I think it might even be on... No. Crunchyroll and You'll and find Amazon. it. You'll it's find it's it. on those two for sure. But I am going to... My second recommendation is probably the most interesting recommendation that I have uh, mentioned in the while. When we talk about sports, when we talk about tournament arcs, and then we mix in with cute girls, you'll be like, okay, so it's like a 
ballet, even though dance, dance, dancer is awesome. Oh, it's it's a uh, horse derby. Oh yeah, it's horse. You know, like um, which uh, we need Musume. to watch more. Yeah, by we, the way, we should watch more. Oh, maybe it is. Um, oh wait, the Uma Musume game is online now. It's on Android. I should totally fucking get that and play. Holy fuck! Thanks for reminding me. Anyways, uh, what were you saying? <laughs> Something about uh, cute girls doing. Will do arts? you like going to war? Uh, oof. Uh. Are there cute girls involved? Yes, there are cute girls involved. Then I'm in. What about tanks, Will? Yeah, I, I think like if it's a war, you would need as much firepower as possible, right? The, the, these cute girls are driving uh, these 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 tanks. Yeah, and uh, apparently uh, every year in Japan they have uh, a regional, you know, sectional, and the national tournaments where they uh, have tank wars. Essentially, <sighs> I'm talking none other than the very very well known. 2012 to 2013 anime Girl and Panzer or Girl und Panzer. The fandom for Girl und Panzer is incredible. I know it's like whenever I talk, whenever it's like people like break down like certain character stories and lines and like specific battles, like you have like this sort of like chart detailing everything. It is like it's it's way more detailed than you were to explain Monogatari. I remember when I was like a teenager and or like I forgot when a long time ago. Let's just say. And then I remember reading a news article of the movie is out in theaters in Japan and how it kept going for like 30 weeks or something. And people just kept watching it time after time and time again to support the industry to the point where, you know, similarly with uh, Zombieland Saga, the the district that houses uh, the fictional girl in Panzer is like leaning into that and be like, yeah. Um, if my, you, my dude, I'm looking up the Tankery Federation of Japan map of affiliated high schools, and it's literally like every single prefecture has a school. You yeah. go all yes. the way from the north of Hokkaido down to Kumamoto in fucking. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah. So then, if you look at the charts for how to watch Girl Unpanzer, so first of all, it's an anime original, so that's already interesting in of itself. But then you have. Let's see, like, there is, like, multiple lines, uh, and colored lines, and, like, some are canon, some are extra, some are... Then there's, like, mangas and anime. It's just crazy, but I'm talking about the original season. Okay, I want to watch now because I just saw that in Hyogo Prefecture in Kobe, the tank academy is called the Waffle Academy. But oh. not just any waffle. It is the Japanese sugar waffles. Yes. Holy fuck, are super addicting. And each school has, like, a different persona or style. There is, like... Uh, a cute girl with a pink tank that's really crazy. There's like these Japanese feudal style tanks. Then there is like the main characters. And our main character, it her mother and her sister is from this prestigious university, no, academy that always wins every single tank tournament. And she is now relegated to the sidelines because she's not as good as the other women in the family. And in this world, okay, so I'm at this point I'm talking about tanks, right? And you're thinking like, oh my god, there's going to be blood and guts. The shells are apparently blank to the point where if the tanks get hit, a little, a cute little flag pops up on the side to sort of have like a white flag to surrender. Is it laser tag? It's kind of like laser tag. And then to make it one step further, these girls go crazy in depth into tank riding and how that works. And they do crazy maneuvers apparently is real. So like they do a lot of like wartime stratagems and all that. It is insane. Like I I can't even begin to tell you how intricate and insane this cute girl who's doing cute things with tanks eventually becomes. 
that spawned like seven thousand movies and mangas and everything. It, it it's a whole catalog, right? It's a whole ass catalog. There's probably even like more iterations of Girls and Panzer than there are stories within Monogatari. And all the characters are kind of interesting in terms of their team. So it's not like you don't you don't immediately it, it, it's not straightforward and easy to say like there is a de facto favorite. Like is, I mean, there is. There's, there's, there's the there's, main characters. But there's enough grounds for you to be like, I like that academy. No, I like that academy. No, I I stand this academy. It's almost like you're ready for a full-on waifu war, dude. Dude, you, you, you could just do like an episode just breaking down a tank war in Girls and Panzer. I mean, people have done that. Just think about it. You saw that chart that I saw as well. And all of that, uh, no pun intended, is canon. Dude, really? You had to say that? What the fuck? <laughs> I said no pun intended. <laughs> no, uh, you you know damn well you're gonna say that though. Oh man. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Girl and Panzer is probably one of the OGs of anime back in the day when I grew up, and it was one of the things where like, oh, cute girls can actually do something that I thought was unimaginable in terms of it being affiliated with cute girls with cute things. You should watch it. There's a lot to watch, so it's really good. I'll get into it then. Uh, we're gonna sign off with uh, my last recommendation, which Jason and I both know really, really well because we watched this around the same time we were watching Megalobox. Actually, uh, this is again another kind of quote unquote sports anime, but not the conventional sports anime. We did briefly mention it before, but uh, it's uh, it's a form of wrestling. Uh, we're talking, of course, about the infamous. Keijo with however many exclamation marks. Oh, I was about here. to ask you. I think it's seven. Seven. I thought six, it was six, seven, yeah, seven yeah. or eight. Seven or eight. Uh, definitely, definitely not six. I don't think six. But uh, yeah, dude. Uh, Keijo's fucking weird. So we went from Girl and Panzer, which is already kind of weird, to the weirder Keijo where boob and butt wrestling on top of swimming pools. I mean, the English translation... Or at least the English title is, is Hip Whip Girl. Yeah, because, um, yeah. Yeah, so it starts off with the story of a promising gymnast who wanted to move into a more competitive high-stakes sport uh, in hopes of making it big. Uh, emphasis on the big because, yo, uh, there's a lot of big action going yeah, go on. Go big or series. go home, right? Fucking go. No, go, go, no like, go big or go into the water. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Keijo, oh, dude, Keijo is fucking amazing. Like, in all intents and purposes, Keijo's really weird, and I know it's not going to be for everyone. Absolutely not for everyone, because it definitely has a lot of questionable moments, risque moments that leave you thinking, this is the reason why people talk shit about anime. Yeah, this is the reason why you're all perverts. And, okay, you're not wrong, but I have never watched a premise as absurd as Keijo and then playing it straight as in they don't like make it lewd on purpose they actually go really serious about how you would use your boobs and butts to even generate momentum and hurdle like I know I sound crazy when I say this but they take the sport so seriously as in the creators and even the people in the anime they're very self-aware. They know that like what they're doing here is very against the grain. And then when there is a castle that shows up in the middle of your swimming pool or a plane, that is that, that's like moments like you you've played fucking like not played fucking but you've played. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. ever play fuck? <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not, not going to answer that question, dude. 
Yeah. You've, you've played Super Smash Brothers, right? Yeah, I definitely smashed some that, stuff. <laughs> smashed some brothers? You don't, have, not, you, not, you don't have brothers, right? No, I don't have brothers. That's why you were play fucking, right? Oh, <laughs> okay, not, back uh, on track. Back, okay, on, back track. on track. Back on track. Okay, so, so it, literally the whole like castle, like coming out from the fucking waters, like that is just like, oh, this is it. This is like the hype tournament moment. We're gonna see some real fucking crazy no, combat sport. No, will because they parody their super moves. Because believe it or not, their super moves. They parody things like Fate Stay Night. They parody like well, what else? Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan. And you're like, oh, this is super obvious that this is, you know, parodying that. And also it is done so well that I I just stand up and clap, you know? Like it's it's a very like very as I mentioned, very self-aware parody of a sports anime. But it's a, but in the essence of them doing it so seriously, it that itself becomes a sports anime with a really, really well thought out tournament arc. It's unfortunate that the manga that is based on kind of had a really um, tumultuous been, yeah. end, and uh, the the mangaka and I think the publisher had a lot of issues with each other, and it kind of fell apart. Yeah, I mean, in the end, but because, that one season though, but it's also because you're handling a very out there kind of property, so therefore it's like you always run the risk of whether or not this thing is going to work, and uh, unfortunately. It didn't last as long as it should, but it still lives long in everybody's memory. And uh, I'll forever hold it close to my heart because, uh, yeah, I I really like, really, really like Keijo. All right. And I think that is all of our recommendations, Will, right? I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, like, we can talk about King Asher another time. Maybe I'll I'll, I'll talk about it when the the next season comes out. Also because, yeah, you know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that is the end of episode number 37 we have a new housekeeping script and stay tuned after the housekeeping script because will and i are going to tease sort of what is coming up in the next couple of episodes yeah so, we want to give everyone an idea of what to expect so that uh when we do talk about a topic that uh, tickles your fancy you know when to tune in and we don't leave you in the dark so you can always reach us through our email gapallet at gmail.com that's g-a-p-a-l-e-t-t-e at gmail.com all lowercase all one word you can contact us also on Twitter using the handle at Palette Good. That's capital P and capital G, all one word. Or through our GAP Discord server using the link in the show description. We also have a website and we encourage you to check it out. You can visit our website at www.goodanimepalette.com, all lowercase, all one word. Music credits for this episode. We have new music because it's the new season. Our intro music is Ninth Power by Henyo. Our break music is Salamanca by Sarah instrumentalist which i think is like a pretty good name and our outro music is golden rules by luax you can support the music artists we feature by listening to them on spotify apple music or other various music listening platforms and our royalty free music was provided through epidemic sounds the service and if you're interested you can sign up using our referral link in the show description to get the first 30 days of the service for free terms and conditions apply all right well uh, it, it it was good to be back and starting off you know the season strong uh, with our um, yeah I still can't get over the fact that I said play fucking <laughs> uh, th- that was good I think that um, we we probably are expecting a lot more series to have a lot more tournament arcs and uh, I, I I'm ready for all of them really I'm I'm simple I'm a simple man I grew yeah. up on Shonen I like Shonen just give me more tournament as arcs. long as you do it good right you have to do these tournament arcs well because it's it's your piece de resistance. It's, 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 it's the pinnacle. It's the cherry on top of your cake. 
So the next couple episodes, um, we're just going to tease since we have it finalized anyways. And we've realized that some of you don't know what we're going to talk about next time or next go around. So then we thought we would inform you guys since there was very little chance of us changing it anyways. So in the upcoming episode, which is episode 38, we are going to revisit a longstanding episodic series that we've done, uh, which is going back to the days of Monogatari and Jojo. The Gotta Watch Them All number four so i will be watching the second half of part three and i'll be watching whichever parts there are i think it's part of the, the finishing of the monogatari second season yep yep and then afterwards in episode 39 the long-awaited summer premiere of 2022 a uh, spoiler alert uh i probably have won the spring seasonal bet fuck you <laughs> and uh will and i actually have established uh our numbers for uh, our seasonal bet for summer. So we will release that in the next episode. Or you say it now. Or they they're okay. Well, they're after. Yeah, we'll do it after. Yeah, and uh, also our AD after dark number ten, we will be introducing a very well known list, our top ten anime series to recommend. Except this time, it's going to be another top ten. Part two. Part two. Yeah, we're gonna have to thunk, think like thunk. We have to think real long and hard about like what we want to recommend here because. It's it's easy to just say, oh, you know what? You haven't watched Jujutsu Kaisen. Watch Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, but that's 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 boring. So we'll yeah, make you, it fun. Hey, Attack on Titan is ending. You should watch Attack on Titan. Hey, you know what's really really good? What Golden Kamui is coming out. You should totally watch Golden Kamui. Uh, like I mean, yeah. Like no no kidding. Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. But then so yeah. So so we'll, we're we're gonna make it a lot more interesting, a lot more fun. At least, like, we'll give you a reason as to why you should take the next top 10 list a little seriously. And hopefully we have given you a reason to not only continue listening, but to even send us emails, your your opinions or everything, or join us on Discord. Yeah, if you've got another top 10 you want to recommend us, or just something you told us to, you, we want to review, then sure, let us know. I would love to watch stuff that I've never heard of before. Yeah, we can have discourse on Discord, right? It's, dude, let's just, let's just talk. Let's just all have some fun. So, yeah, without further ado, thank you very much for tuning in. We look forward to hearing you guys in the next episode. We'll catch you up very, very, very soon. See you next time.